I'm tired, y'all. Exhausted. Ugh, it's just so low energy, but I'm gonna be real. I gotta be authentic. I'm, I'm fucking depressed. I'm fucking sad. Niggas got on a bonnet. Niggas ain't got no bra on. <laughs> Niggas got pajama pants on. I'm pretty sure I'm not wet lotion. I guess all these years I've been looking for a safe space to unravel because I struggle with mental illnesses and I'm emotionally sensitive and everyday life can be a lot. It can be difficult for me. And I guess all these years I've just been searching for a safe space to really unravel and be vulnerable and be soft and be hurt. Um, but also be recharged and empowered at the same time. And I failed in finding that safe space. I realized that this space that I'm looking for is in myself. I have to create that space for myself. So this episode is going to be about creating a safe space for yourself. Now, the first thing I would suggest trying to create a space for you to unravel, to be vulnerable, to be solved, is to literally find a space where you can let go. For example, um, I rented this Airbnb for the weekend because I'm going through some things in my personal life that are really triggering and really hard and I just wanted to be by myself. But I essentially got this space to be alone, to reflect, and to unravel. So the first thing I would suggest is that you find an actual physical space, whether it be an Airbnb like I rented, or it can be a corner of your home. It could be um, a place at the park where nobody goes, like just a place for you to sit down and breathe and exist within yourself and peace, a place to cry, a place to be angry, sometimes even talk to yourself. Because to be honest, I really like talking to myself when I'm by myself because don't nobody listen better than I do. Another thing I would suggest for creating a safe space for you is not only creating a physical safe space, but creating an emotional and a mental safe space. And that includes being discerning of the company you keep. And I am still struggling with this to this day. To this day, to this day, I'm still struggling with it. But in creating a safe space, you only want to let people who will nurture you and love on you in that safe space. And that includes the people you let into your mind, the people that you converse with and that you share your time with. For those of you who struggle with mental illness, a lot of times our emotional state has a lot to do with the company keep we keep as well as the decisions we're making. But a lot of it has to do with the company you keep. Um, you have to be extra vigilant about who it is that you're allowing in your space and what is it you're allowing to influence you because it could really go bad. For example, I know that me, I personally struggle with romantic relationships as far as who I let in my space romantically. For the most part, I try to stay out the way. I'm not trying to get my feelings hurt. <laughs> but every now and then I will open up and I realize that I'm looking for these men that I'm dating to be the safe space themselves. 
I realized that my when I was dating, whether it be something casual or it be something like serious, when I was dating, the dude that I was dating really influenced how my mental health was. If he was creating more stress, if he was, you know, putting me down, if he was draining me, I would see that in my mental health. I would see that in the way that I thought. I would see that in the way that I moved. But ultimately, if you want a true safe space, people who make you feel unsafe need to be removed. They need to go. People who make you feel like you can't share. People who make you feel like you are less than. People who make you feel like you aren't capable. People who make you just reinforce the insecurities that you already have. Those kind of people don't need to be in your vicinity. So if you really want to create a safe space, you have to get rid of them. Another thing that I'm learning about creating a safe space for myself is that I, within my thoughts, have to be a safe space for myself. My self-talk is absolutely disgusting. I speak terribly about myself to myself, to other people sometimes. And it's easier said than done to replace those thoughts with more positive ones. But I know that repetition is the game for anything. Repetition is the game for learning anything. And I feel like if I was actually consciously putting in the effort to repeat more positive things to myself, it would benefit me immensely. So, I was told to actually examine the things that I think about myself and provide a rebuttal. Like, for example, I used to know I was going to have a bad day. (laughs) I used to know I was going to have a bad day when I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you ugly bitch. Like, I swear to God, I used to wake up in the morning and look at myself and think that. And I would know how the rest of the day would go because that's what I was carrying on my heart. That's what I felt about myself. And I realized that if I would have stood there maybe a little longer at the mirror when I woke up and thought, you ugly bitch, stood there and rebutted it with, you're not ugly at all. Bitch, it's six in the morning. You crusty right now. Yeah. Everybody crusty at six in the morning. (laughs) Get ready. You're still gorgeous. You're still beautiful. You're an amazing person on the inside and the out. If you start your days with that, or just say those things to yourself, even if you don't believe them, eventually the dam breaks and you start to believe it. I know that sometimes I feel incapable of doing things. Another thing that I say to myself in my self-talk is that I'm stupid. I tell myself that I'm stupid all the time in my self-talk. And it's something I carry with me. But I'm not. I'm not stupid. Sometimes you have to provide yourself with like actual hard fact evidence for the self-talk, for the things that you're saying to yourself. Because they can be lies. You could be lying to yourself. For example, going back to what I said, I thought that I was stupid. I've been mulling that thought over again and again. Like uh, I've been dealing with feeling unintelligent, probably because I haven't been engaging my brain as of late. Mostly because also in the family that I was brought up in, I was the slowest to get things. 
all of my siblings kind of got things very quickly. Like, you only show it to them once and they're good. Me, I need to study it. I need to watch it. I need to look at the details. <laughs> the evidence that I presented myself with to rebut the feelings and the thoughts of calling myself stupid was the actual hardcore facts. I'm not stupid. I have two bachelor's degrees. Um, I've graduated with honors. Um, I've got accepted into two grad programs. Um, I'm an avid reader. I stay abreast of current events. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. But sometimes when I take a long time to get things or something like I stole or I glitch, I can have those thoughts about myself. But I really need to immediately reel back and be like, bitch, you're not dumb. You've never been dumb. Cut that shit out. This is the tip. When you start talking crazy about yourself, when you start saying mean things, come back with the evidence of how that's not true and then say, bitch, cut that shit out. I think the biggest thing and the biggest tip about creating a safe space for yourself is just understanding that only you can create that space for yourself, that you shouldn't look for it in other people. People are human, essentially. They are going to have lapses in judgment. They are going to have um, flaws. They're not always going to handle emotional situations the best. Of course, you want them to do right by you a majority of the time. I don't mean let people treat you like shit. But if you're constantly looking for that safe space that you crave in other people, you'll never find it. You really have to create it for yourself. On oh, God, you do. You really do. With that being said, that's the end of the episode.